May 7th, 2020. In the midst of a global pandemic the likes of which the world has seen dozens of times before, but not in modern times where everyone has to fucking fight about every single little thing in an effort to ultimately achieve nothing at all, from this bullshit came some uh, more bullshit. A new podcast was born in the mind of a buffoon. Seriously, I spelt buffoon wrong in the script, so where everyday occurrences are scrutinized and whined about while pointing out various absurdities, something that's only been done hundreds of times before, but this time on a much more boring level. A podcast that 588 days later has reached its 100th episode. An achievement in mediocrity so great that it has never been heard before, and is really heard anyways because I only have four listeners, taking you to places that you never thought of and never really wanted to go, seeing the world through the eyes of someone whose opinion is so invaluable that his own friends and family ignore requests to listen, whose understanding of even the most basic topics is at a pre-K level, and whose drive to achieve even the most simple thoughts is met head-on with total and complete apathy. This is Complaints and Epis- <sighs> See? See what I mean? I can't even say the fucking name of the show. It is Thursday, the 16th day of December, and yes, it is indeed a monumental day here at the Broadcast Palace, as it is the 100th episode of whatever the fuck it is that I'm doing and have been doing for going back to May of last year. So, look, sure, I only have four listeners, uh, but the fact that I've uh, stuck with this for so long, uh, I look at it as a personal achievement. Mainly because I've stuck with so very little over the course of my life that doing this on a mostly weekly basis for the last 19 plus months or so is, it's kind of surprising even to me. So, um, of course, here I am uh, about a month out from my last show. I have an exhaustive list of shit to talk about. Got voicemails, uh, movie trailer reviews, and of course three gripes so it could be a long one so get comfortable or uncomfortable if you will i'll try not to go too long but as always no promises uh that's all right here right now on complaints and observations still the most less than average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there Continuing odyssey into mediocrity, guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. All right, welcome in. Thanks. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, thank you for coming along and indulging me uh, a little bit by listening. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. So how have you been? Good, I hope. I've been good. Uh, thanks for asking. 
Uh, as I mentioned, it's been about a month since my last show, and I'd uh, hoped to use that time to prepare a big 100th episode, but uh, sometimes the best laid plans fail, and in this particular case, it's only partially true. Um, had what I thought would have been an excellent guest, useful, uh, useful is the wrong word, but interesting. Um, I was surprised that this person said yes initially. Um, but there, you know, there was a caveat attached that, you know, their, their plans are typically, uh, their schedule, I should say is very, uh, in flux. So, uh, can change at the drop of a hat. Um, and then uh, the guest claimed a scheduling issue literally every day over the past week. So here we are guest free for like the 12th or 13th episode in a row, <laughs> but such is life. What can you do? So, uh, because of that, you're kind of in for, uh, an episode where I just throw all kinds of random shit against the wall and we see together if any of it sticks. So buckle up buttercup. Uh, relax. Hopefully this doesn't get too long, but as I said, there's a fucking shit ton uh, of stuff on my list. Literally, it's a very, very long list, and it's, some of it I'm still trying to decipher uh, what it is that I'm talking about, because in some instances I have no idea. For example, vans with a dozen or so ladders stacked on top of it. How the fuck, you know, I obviously have seen, I must have seen a van with a dozen or so ladders stacked on top of it, but I didn't know if there was anything more than that. Maybe I was just annoyed that I was behind a van. Because I remember the van. I just don't remember the circumstances around it. Uh, there were, I counted eight. Eight ladders stacked up on one side of the van. Obviously tied down, but still. How the fuck is that legal? I mean, this was, I mean, I say this was, I don't remember, I don't remember where it was, so it's kind of pointless. But, um, man, it, it's just, you look at him like, what the fuck is this guy doing that he needs uh, eight different sized ladders? My, my assumption is that he was a painter. I don't know for sure. I don't recall any uh, markings on the van. But it was just the just the van with a bunch of fucking ladders on top, and I said, "What is this? I need to write it down." And I did, and I need to share it with my audience. I did that too, and for that, I apologize to you. As I mentioned, I've been uh, out and about for the past month. Uh, of course, Thanksgiving fell in there as well, but had a couple of trips in there. One was for work. One was for pleasure. And um, it got me thinking when I'm in a hotel, am I the only person that uses the iron in a hotel? It's probably not true. Every single iron and ironing board combination in a hotel is trash. Absolute trash. And you want to know why? Because my... It's probably because the hotel... Is like, why the fuck are we spending money on an iron and an ironing board more than once every decade and a half? <laughs> when, when if it gets used 
twice a month, uh, that's huge. I iron my clothes on vacation all the time. As a fat person, as a homely fat person, <laughs> as a homely fat person, the last thing I want is to have wrinkled clothes because when you walk around like a wrinkly douche, it looks terrible. Here's the kicker, though, okay? By the end of the day, or even like halfway through the day, because I am a fat, homely person, it's just sitting in a chair is going to wrinkle my shirt. So when I stand up, you know, I've got wrinkles that represent fat rolls. <laughs> I mean, if it lined up perfectly, it would just be hilarity, but it doesn't. It's just, <clears throat> it's it just, you know, your clothes fold and uh, get creased and wrinkled. It's awful. It's such a hideous look. There's nothing worse than coming home at the end of the day and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, fuck, what is that? I have some shirts that no matter what I do, no matter what I do, it's a wrinkled mess by the end of the day. And they're not wrinkles, they're creases, right? So it's wrinkles and creases, two different things. So going back to the irons in the hotel, I used one. Uh, I was in Chicago, okay? And... Not the nicest hotel, okay, but not the worst. It was a chain uh, of a large, reputable hotelier, if you will. But I mean, this thing had to, this this thing had to have been from 1984. It was ghastly, and the goddamn ironing board didn't even go up all the way because the fucking thing was so rusty. And that's what got me thinking: Am I the only person that uses? I ended up having to iron uh, the. Uh, the shirt I was going to wear the next day on the table. There was a table in the room, and I ironed the shirt on the table, on a towel, because uh, the the fucking ironing board was so bad. But I don't know. It, so that I have to be the only one that's fucking ironing. <clears throat> um. Lyft drivers in their radio habits. I had to take a lift to the airport. They never ride. And yes, Lyft, because I find Uber to be sketchy. Their business practices as a whole, I don't particularly care for them. And every single Uber driver that I've ever talked to, um, they never say anything good about Uber. And I, I find at least with Lyft drivers, when you ask them about Lyft, they have something decent to say about Lyft. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But um, anyways, <clears throat> Lyft drivers playing anything but soft jazz, AM radio, or nothing at all deserve a negative rating. Now, I'll never do that because I'm way too nice. The la I don't think I've ever given a Lyft driver. And the other day, I actually looked at my stats. Because uh, I am a solid five-star uh, passenger. Um, I think I've been on like 104 rides in, in the last four-plus years or so. And I am fairly certain I've never given anything less than a, than a five-star review. This guy... This guy was playing what sounded like a pirate radio broadcast. And what I'm going to guess was Algerian French. Not sure, 
But I mean, the quality was horrible. It sounded like he was listening to someone hold a phone during a service and through the phone was, you know, whatever was going on. That's what it sounded like. And of course, fucking shitload of traffic. It's a 35, 40 minute ride from, from my house to the airport with no traffic. It took over an hour and a half to get there. This particular, I think it was a Tuesday morning. No. What the fuck day of the week was it? Might have been Tuesday morning. I can't remember. But it's like, dude, what are you doing? I understand you're driving all day. I get it. But I mean, holy shit. Especially on long rides. If it's a short ride, fine. I can, you know, I wouldn't have this complaint. But I mean, I was in that fucking car for an hour and a half. And all I heard was this this uh, random person. And I only say French and I only say Algerian French. I don't even know if that's a thing. So it's a random assumption. Uh, the gentleman's name uh, was similar to a soccer player who is Algerian. And then uh, the handful of words that I picked up through the scratch uh, on the radio or the phone or wherever the noise was coming from, sounded French. So I put two and two together and came up with Algerian French. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably not even a thing. I mean, I guess it could be. I mean, Algeria is northern Africa. You just cross the sea and you're in France. So, I mean, I, I can see that. Maybe that is a thing. I should look into that. What I should have done was looked into it before I started yapping about it. But I don't know. Good Christ, David. This is 10 minutes. 10 minutes of nothing. Welcome back. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Right. Thank you, Flint. I appreciate that. Uh, if you uh, spend any time on my uh, Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod, you have seen um, a general distaste for one Urban Meyer, head coach, Jacksonville Jaguars, I think it's pronounced. I think it's a soft J. <laughs> uh, anyways, <clears throat> uh, he's a prick and a douchebag and a terrible coach and a terrible person. Uh, I want him to be fired so bad uh, because I want him to be embarrassed. I want him to be publicly embarrassed. Unfortunately, the owner of the team is a, a sound, rational man. Uh, not great with football decisions, but a sound, rational man. Um, a a well-made, a self-made, not well-made, David, you dummy, self-made bazillionaire. And so, you know, I think he has uh, some clue about how to run a business. Just when it comes to that business being a football team, it's a little subjective. Anyway, the guy has been on the cusp of being fired, at least in the public's opinion, for a long time. And then today comes out, today being Wednesday, because I record this on Wednesday, even though you're listening to this hopefully on Thursday morning at 9 a.m. I doubt it, but still. A uh, former Jaguars kicker, Josh Lambeau, terrific name, mediocre kicker, apparently says in an interview that Urban Meyer kicked him during a preseason game, like while he was warming up, literally kicked him. 
said, hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck is this guy doing? This is preseason. And Lambo says, uh, quote, don't you ever fucking kick me again, end quote. And his response was, quote, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want, end quote. What a disgusting fuck. Not even disgusting in that it's like shitty that he did it. But to refer to yourself as the head ball coach. What a fucking douche. Honestly, and even if you don't give a shit about sports. This is a prime example of how to not manage people. Like, and it's just, it's example after example after example with this fucking guy. Who only got hired because he was lucky in college. And it just proves that he can't fucking coach a lick in the pros, which is so many of these fucking college coaches. I mean, you look what happened to Steve Spurrier. At least Spurrier, like, wasn't a complete fucking asshole. He was just weird-ass Steve Spurrier. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly actually wasn't that bad, even though Brian Kelly's a weird dude. But fuck all. I mean, Jesus Christ. How does, how does somebody not... I mean, I would, I'm going to assume that there was somebody else around, like the holder or the long snapper, because those three with the kicker uh, are stuck together. So my guess is that somebody else heard that. And Josh Lambeau, you know, I don't fucking know the guy from a hole in the wall. He could be a lying prick for all I know. But but if you know anything about Urban Meyer, you know that this is not really out of the, the realm of possibilities. He's a fucking shitty person. And I'm not afraid to say it, nor should anyone else. But get him the fuck out. Get him out. It's It's a... It's a black mark on on uh, on the league, which is basically blacked out at this point because the NFL is just fucking. Oh, man, you, you could spend an entire day talking about all the dumb bullshit that the NFL has done over the course of the last, I don't know, 75 years. But a, a, an actual owner hiring this fucking clown show to run their team, to manage their team, because that's what they're doing. They're managing people. And this guy's a fucking jamoke. Like, just a a complete shitbag of a person. I hope he gets fired. And I don't know why the guy elicits this kind of reaction from me, of all people, when someone who does not give a shit about college football, but I don't know. He just strikes me as an asshole. So there you go. Free ad. I'm currently enjoying uh, a 100th episode dram of uh, 11 year old um, Lagavulin, the Nick Offerman edition. It is splendid. Just splendid. Um, <clears throat> where to go now? Hmm. Well, one of the one of the reasons I said that uh, we were well, that I was uh, away uh, was for a vacation, and so uh, the wife and I went on our annual football trip. We ended up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, honestly, not a bad city. 
Not a bad city at all. I enjoyed it. The town that we stayed was actually Covington, Kentucky, right over the bridge. Another wonderful town. Uh, I'd go back there in a second. I enjoyed it thoroughly, oddly enough. Um, no qualms whatsoever. But one of our stops was at the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And it just so happened that uh, at the same time, which was a Friday, uh, apparently school was out across Ohio uh, because it was a high school football Super Bowl day in Ohio. And the place was the, the stadium that's on the grounds was, was full. Um, and the building, the Hall of Fame itself, full of people like parents, coaches, players, etc., etc. There was a group of adults who were, you know, around us as we made our way through the museum that we encountered on multiple occasions. Fucking idiot. Multiple occasions. Talking amongst themselves. Um, my, My guess is that they did not know each other personally, but... Uh, they they had different high school football t-shirts, jackets, hats, etc. All talking about high school football while inside the professional football hall of fame. This struck me for a couple of reasons. One, I find discussing um, like uh, peewee football or high school football uh, amongst adults to be nauseating. It's boring as fuck. Uh, trying to convince other people that high school kids are somehow the second coming of Jim Brown is just, whew, it's something, right? But anyway, these guys were having a legitimate, serious conversation about how good so-and-so uh, was that particular season or uh, that particular. And then the best part is when, oh, where do you end up? Well, we went to, you know, East Bumfuck University and never played football again. But he, boy, was he good when he played high school football uh, for small town asshole Ohio. The dudes, these these adults living vicariously through these children is, oh, boy. It happens, you know, occasionally when I'm around, um, you know, some of the local townies when they talk about peewee football. Uh, PB football strategies, PB football players, you know, that conversation should last at, at most a half hour where it's, Hey, um, where are they playing? Who are they playing? Uh, did they have fun? End of discussion. Once they get into high school, then you can have a bit more serious discussion. But if your kids aren't a part of said discussion, you should not be partaking, uh, in that because, You just look like a fucking creep. And if your kids are no longer in high school, you should be, you should not be partaking in that conversation. Like, go away, enough. Find something else to fucking talk about. Are your lives that boring that you have to talk about your kids playing football? Ugh. Uh, But back to Ohio. Listen, tons of chain restaurants in Ohio. Um, Really odd. Though, when we were in Cleveland, uh, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I strongly suggest you go to that museum. 
loved it. I could probably go back and spend another four hours in there. It, the place was great. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, we went to a, a Mexican restaurant that was dynamite. And we were the only people in the fucking restaurant. I don't know what it was, but it was not a busy time of year in the state of Ohio. Right? Not busy. Uh, we get to, to Cincinnati, and we're going to a Bengals game. We get to the Bengals game, and this building, Paul Brown Stadium, looks like it was built in 1950. Straight-ass Russian architecture. Uh, concrete and steel. Very little color in the building. The only color was at the uh, the concession stand signs. And then these fucking idiots eat <laughs> they eat fucking chili with cinnamon in it. I've talked about this before. I had to try it again. Uh, they had it at the concession stand. They was selling uh, two hot dogs, two chili cheese dogs. I don't know what it was, like seven bucks or whatever. They weren't like, you know, full-size hot dogs. They were kind of short. Uh, I think my wife and I got through maybe half of one before we threw the rest of it away. It was fucking awful. But the best part is they had a special where you could order uh, 20 of these fucking things for like 23 bucks. And if you wanted to pay an extra $5, you would get literally a bucket of soda. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. I'll post that picture on the Instagram page at Complaints Pod. You can check it out. It's a bucket for five bucks to go with your 20 gold star chili cheese dogs. I would love to know how many of those they sell. It has it it should not be any more than one <laughs> in the whole building. Uh, but honestly, this place opened a year before Gillette Stadium, and you'd never know it. Again, you would have thought that it opened in the 70s. The place is gross. But then again, the the owner of the Bengals uh, is a douche, and he's a cheap fuck, which is why the Bengals have sucked for so long. Um, but the, again, you know, all the people there, super nice. No issues. Uh, the building was probably only three quarters full. Now, at the time, the Bengals are a hovering playoff team. Right now, I think they're... Uh, on the bubble, they're an on the bubble team at seven and six because they've lost two in a row. But I mean, these people are fired up, at least the people that were there. Somebody said to my wife, you know, we're seven and four. And you would think we're in the Super Bowl. That's how we, that's how we feel. Because they've done nothing since. I don't know. I, you know, I think Marvin Lewis, um, I think one of his teams made the playoffs maybe twice when it was Carson Palmer and. Chad Johnson and uh, other people, TJ Hushimazud. But I mean, Christ, when you're a fan of a team like that, <clears throat> and it's not like your baseball team is helping because the Reds haven't been good since the late 80s, early 90s specifically. But I'd go back there, uh, loved it. Yeah, it was a great, great time. Cheap as fuck to drink, too, is the other thing, too. Um, we ordered pregame from a bar in like a outside down the street, you know, pregame thing, two mixed drinks. And the girl said 1250. Uh, and Jen said, did you get both of them? She said, yeah, 1250 for two diesel mixed drinks. And it got me thinking, it's something I wrote down. It's very expensive to be a drunk in Massachusetts. <laughs> 
Yet in Kentucky, you can't buy booze on a Sunday before 11 a.m. That's where they frown upon. Hey, you. You're not going to be a drunk before 11 a.m. in my state. Yeah, so it was good. Uh, we went to a Hooters there uh, just because of where it was. It was like literally on the river. Cool spot. Enjoyed it. There was a dude there that I wrote down. Dudes with slicked back curly hair are all creepy. And then see Jim Ursay looking guy at Hooters. <laughs> this dude was hammering the fucking bartender. And you could tell that he was a regular because he knew her name. And this dude had slicked back, curly, not not really slicked back, but greasy, greasy, curly, uh, thin hair, grayish, like half gray, half not so gray. Uh, you know the look. You know the look, but um, yeah. So <clears throat> other stuff, you know, I got, I got some other things I want to talk about, but um I would like to direct you to the merch store, uh, bonfire.com slash complaints. Actually, it's bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. Go there, check it out. And right now, if you use the promo code ROAD to 100, ROAD to 100, you will get 10% off of your purchase. Uh, it was the most I could do. It wouldn't let me go over 10% because I keep the price of these stupid shirts and, and crap uh, at the, the bare minimum. But yeah, 10% off. Uh, if you go to the uh, the Instagram page, there is uh, there's a link in the bio uh, for that. You can check it out. I think it might be on the... Yeah, so the link in the bio on the... Uh, Instagram and the Twitter page, you know, it's up there. Uh, Check it out. There's also a link to the blog. You can check that out too. A lot going on. I I just started a Twitch channel. No idea what I'm going to do with that, probably as much as I do with the YouTube page. Uh, But you can check that out too. So bonfire.com slash store slash complaints, promo code ROAD2100, save 10%. Yep. Movie trailer review. I'm too lazy to watch the feature. Movie trailer review. It's standard operating procedure. Movie trailer review. AP Dave puts in time. Movie trailer review. By our powers combined. Movie trailer review. Movie trailer, Movie trailer reviews. Yeah. Everybody's uh, favorite segment of the show, movie trailer reviews with AP Dave. Uh, Dave was kind enough to send in four reviews this week. Um, So let's get right to it. Number one, Whiplash. Dave's review, quote, pretty amazing how intense this movie is considering what it's about. Also one of the most polarizing endings. Leaves you thinking, and anyone can be right. Solid, solid movie. Acting was great. Big Miles Teller and J.K. Simons fan. The movie is all them. 9 out of 10. 
And did I mention that last scene? End quote. I mean, he kind of mentioned the last scene, but not exactly. He didn't give it away. Uh, this is a movie that I um, had thought about seeing at one point. Uh, because I, too, am a big J.K. Simons fan. J.K. Simons, J.K. Simmons, I don't really know. I've heard it pronounced multiple ways. But uh, I watched the trailer, uh, the first trailer, because it would probably been a while since I had seen said trailer. And it certainly does look intense, more intense than I thought. And then when I went and sort of read the um, the Rotten Tomatoes page in the synopsis of the film, I was like, oh, boy, that does not strike me as uh, the type of film that would that would be called uh, intense, at least the backstory. But again, I'm not familiar with that particular world, so it uh, kind of makes a little sense, right? And uh, one of the... I, I looked into who wrote the movie and directed it. Apparently, it was the same gentleman who did the, uh, the movie La La Land. And this particular movie, Whiplash, was, was written while he was trying to get La La Land made. Weird. Weird how that worked out, huh? Hmm. But he cites Buddy Rich, and apparently Buddy Rich was a real douchebag. Very intense band leader, Buddy Rich. And so um, the writer based the J.K. Simons character on, partially on a guy that um, was a band leader for, for, for him when he was in school, and Buddy Rich and some other band leaders. So yeah, uh, a solid 9 out of 10 for Whiplash. Nicely done. So number two, Snowpiercer, the movie. Quote, didn't know too much about this going in, but it's from the guy who did Parasite. This was his first English movie. If you liked Parasite, I think you'd like this. All about lower class versus upper class, told in a, a cool futuristic way. Action was pretty good. They ended up making a show too, have yet to check that out. Probably won't, as it's a TNT show. Gross. Eight and a half out of ten, end quote. First of all, Dave has some serious uh, misgivings about uh, TNT. Turn network television? You have something against Billionaire Ted? Oh, weird. Uh, so I watched this. I knew about the show. I didn't even know it was a movie. And the only reason I, I knew about the show is because it was on TNT. Because when you watch anything on TNT, whatever their new show is, uh, it's just uh, like three dozen commercials of the newest show during the commercials of anything else that you're watching. So there you go. Uh, I find this story to be kind of dumb, which is a turnoff. Um. A failed global warming experiment, a post-apocalyptic ice age, has killed off nearly all life on the planet, except people who live on a train called Snowpiercer that travels around the globe powered by a sacred perpetual motion engine. What are we doing here? Honestly, did you hear that font? I just farted. That's how much I think this fucking movie stinks. <laughs> Boo, Dave, boo. 
the lower class passengers live in the back of the train, the upper class live in the front, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And of course, the, the people in the back of the train get pissed off or the people in the front of the train. Uh, chaos ensues, something happens, you know, who knows. How all these, how, how did, in the midst of a global warming experiment, um, did the Ice Age happen? How do we go from global warming to, to an Ice Age? I'm sure it's explained in some uh, cockamamie way in the course of the film. But then to all be in a train that just keeps moving around the world. Like, so what are you trying to say that there are, is, is everything frozen over so much and, and like train tracks have materialized out of nowhere? I don't know. Again, this, there's not enough explained within the trailer that, that makes it enticing. Um, if you made it more of a futuristic thing, you know what I mean? See what I'm saying? Cause I mean, it looks too. I don't know. It looks too stupid. <laughs> I guess the best way to put it. I don't like to me, this is a three out of 10, you know, because uh, the trailer doesn't, doesn't give you enough. And I think that's part of the problem. They release multiple trailers of the same movie now all the time, instead of just one, it makes doing movie trailer reviews very difficult. I don't know. What can you do? Uh, but okay, yeah. So on to the next. No Time to Die, the new Bond movie. Now, I watched this trailer, uh, so I'm very curious to know what Dave uh, had to say. Quote, I think this got great reviews and I was left underwhelmed. I guess if you love Bond movies, you'll love this. To me, it was just another Bond movie and too long. I was bored. Nothing else to really say about it. Six out of ten, end quote. So I think that's the standard Bond film review, right? If you love Bond movies, you'll love this one. If you don't love Bond movies, you'll think it's a five or six out of ten. Now, I like Bond movies. I don't love Bond movies. Only because I love uh, the Sean Connery Bond and really not any of the other ones. You know, I've I've watched most of them. Um, but I've I've watched the Sean Connery Bonds multiple times each. So that, you know, I think of James Bond, I think Sean Connery. That's just me. Every review that I read uh basically said the same thing, which is if you love it, you'll you'll love it. If you if you don't, you'll kind of like it and you might get bored because it was a bit too long. The trailer, however, outstanding trailer. I mean, this that's a eight and a half out of ten trailer. That shows nothing but fucking action. And so it makes me want to see it, which is the whole point of a trailer. But man oh man. Uh, difference of opinion, I think, on this one. I mean, he gave it a 6 out of 10. It's not terrible. That's not a terrible score. It sounds like he, you know, may have sat down and watched it, and by the end of it was like, eh, okay, not so bad. 6 out of 10. I think once you go above a 6, now you get into the I liked it territory. You know, like 5 and 6 are just meh. Anything below a 5 is okay. That's crap. So... Not much. Not much on this next one either. 
but there's a reason. Uh, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Quote, this movie stinks in capital letters. What a waste of a remake. Three out of ten, and the three are all because Maria is a babe. End quote. Okay. When I first saw the trailer for for this new version of West Side Story, I, I said, what the fuck is the point of this? I was under the impression that West Side Story had been remade multiple times on film. Apparently, I was wrong. This is only the second one. However, it's been like redone, reimagined on Broadway dozens of times. And maybe that's what I was thinking. Maybe I've just like a new version of West Side Story. Maybe that's what what was going on in my brain. I don't know. But three out of ten. I mean, really, for the movie, it's a zero. Dave gives it a big fat zero. I give the trailer a two. Only because um, Maria is a babe. (laughs) Dave thought she was more of a babe than I did, apparently. Although the fact that he used a babe here is pretty funny. Get a kick out of that. And I'm not surprised that this stinks. And and the term waste of a remake is odd. Because to me, that says that there's no originality in Hollywood. And I, I, I would love to know how much work Steven Spielberg actually put into this movie. Um, because it, it strikes me as he put his name on it uh, at the behest of the studio who wanted to remake the movie or who wanted to get the movie made. Uh, and needed a way to kind of sell it. So they said, oh, let's make Steven Spielberg a, an executive producer and then put his name on it. That's my thinking. I could be wrong, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Dave didn't like the movie. What can you do? You know? I can't say I blame him. If I watched it, I'd probably feel the same way. But, you know, 2 out of 10 trailer for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Hey there, uh, this is Andrew. Um, I wanted to start by saying I thought this uh, past week, uh, number 99 was a pretty funny-ass episode. There was a lot of funny voicemails or just like a lot to to listen to and thoroughly enjoyed everybody's input. And uh, I like it kind of sparked um, an idea for me, you know, especially like regarding, uh, I think his name was Dave too, uh, produced the assistant producer. Um, you know, I'm just about to verbally rail him with some kindness because, uh, like he was saying that he didn't want to like sit with me at a sports game and because I'm not really into like talking about, uh, other sports, but, um, you know, I guess, and I have a complaint, but it's not about him necessarily, but it made me think about how, uh, there's a lot going on like right now where you can't really, um, oppose people's views without them like just wanting to stay in their echo chamber um or you know that might not be the general like public but i do run into that i think a lot uh like where you oppose somebody for something whether it be political or uh like i think it started with political stuff and now people just get like you know they just want to stay in their algorithms they're you know like-minded um people i guess uh so 
like I'm here to say, you know what, I probably would enjoy sitting with you at a football game, uh, assistant producer Dave, because you could probably teach me a little bit about sports betting. But uh, I just don't – actually, you know what, I take that back. I don't think I want to do it at a Patriots game still. I thought uh, – you, Dave Point brought up a good point, like that um, if I was at a bar, for instance, um, I'd pretty much have to expect that because there's multiple screens going on, like, of different games. And, like, you know, that's kind of, like, where you do that, like, uh, especially if it's right in front of you. But, um, you know, I, I definitely hadn't thought of it um, from that perspective of, like, if you're a betting a betting man, like on sports especially, uh, that you'd be wanting to check the scores and whatnot, like even if you're at the Patriots game. Uh, so, yeah, I guess the complaint, though, you know, to wrap it all up would be like that um, it's tough when you can't just, like, oppose someone's opinion and, um, like, expect them to shut off or, like, not continue the conversation. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, Andrew's voicemails are uh, quickly becoming uh, one of my favorite parts of the show. <laughs> it's such a wonderful stream of consciousness uh, or unconsciousness in some cases. But um, I think his general point uh, was pretty sound that you can't oppose someone's opinion anymore. Or at least that's the impression. And in general, I don't really disagree with him because I think he's kind of right. I think it just sort of depends on the audience, right? Um, if if you, uh, how do I want to how do I want to explain what I think there? Hmm. I think it depends on where you are because I would imagine in certain settings, um disagreeing with someone's opinion is fine, uh, even welcomed or expected. That's what I think. I, I think it depends on where you are. If you know your audience, it's one thing. If you don't, it's a it's another thing. Uh, I, I, I think that if you have enough conviction that what you're saying is right or is is the right thing, which is not really subjective, but it kind of is subjective. And so if you feel strong, so strong in your heart of hearts that what you're saying is right and that your opinion is right, then I think it's going to be very difficult for you to have uh, the time to sort of consider an opposing viewpoint. And I think that's part of an issue, the overall issue that I think he's getting at, is that it's it's such a pain in the balls now to have a conversation with anybody, and if you oppose their point of view, it turns into a shit show. And I, I, that's sort of the social media mentality where nobody's afraid to say anything like anymore. Nah, maybe that's not even the right way to put it. I don't think it's a fear thing. I think they're just not afraid of being assholes anymore. And I think that's part of the problem is that there are just too many assholes. And there are too many people who used to sort of, you know, uh, not express their shitty opinion, their their known shitty opinion. I don't it, It's sort of a tough way to 
it's tough to explain. I know what he's getting at, and I'm rambling here. But I just think it, I don't know. Hmm. Andrew, you've made me really think here, which is never a good thing for anybody, especially with this program. I see what you're saying, but for some reason I can't formulate an answer that is uh, that is complete or that is cognizant uh, of your of your general thought. Boy, that's not good. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but then you know, opinions are, are like assholes. Everyone has one. Okay, here it is. People who think that their opinion is uh, the be-all, end-all, the high and mighty, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the final boss, if you will, of opinions. And there are a lot of people like that. If, if you're having, those are the kind of people that you can't have the, the descending opinion with. It doesn't work. I think normal, rational people, I take that back. I think rational, intelligent people know that there's going to be an opposing viewpoint to every single point of view. See what I said there? That was fucking stupid. (laughs) Anybody with half a brain realizes that there's going to be a descending opinion to everything and anything, especially now. And so if you're not willing to listen to a dissenting opinion, well, then you're just being a fucking ignorant prick. Hey, Dave, it's Dave here. Got no complaining to do tonight. All I want to say is congrats on 100 awesome episodes and hopefully there's another 100 uh, up your sleeve somewhere. So looking forward to hearing this uh, and listening to the episode. Take care. I'm right on cue. Associate producer Dave with the very kind voicemail. Thank you, David. It's appreciated. Dave has been on board uh, this ridiculous shit show uh, since the beginning. So uh, massive shout out to uh, top fan, top fan, David Altman. Thank you very much. It is very much appreciated. Uh, he has participated multiple times. Uh, for some reason, he listens to this. <laughs> I still I still can't figure out why. <laughs> But honestly, uh, you know, it, it means a lot. It really does. And thank you so much, Dave. It's, uh, yeah, dead serious. Thank you. Hey there, Complaints Podcast. This is Steve from Stoughton. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I'd like to file an official complaint about the South Shore Bar Pizza Tournament and that clown bag, Jimmy J. There is no way, absolutely no way, Town Spa is not the greatest pizza ever. It's a fraud, it's a sham, and shame on Instagram for not banning that asshole. Thank you. Bye. That is an odd call on multiple different levels. Uh, But this Steve from Stoughton fella, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Um, He calls at a very opportune time because as of the time of this recording, uh, the... Uh, the pizza tournament that's run by a friend of the show, Jimmy G, who Steve from Stoughton apparently doesn't care for, um, 
has uh, has uh, the, the tournament has concluded, and the 2021 winner is Poopsies uh, out of Pembroke, Massachusetts. If you're not familiar with Poopies, Poopsies or Poopies, <laughs> if you're not familiar with Poopsies, you should be because their pizza is fucking phenomenal. And they defeated uh, Steve's favorite uh, town spa of Stoughton. Which, you know, their pizza's good, but I, I mean, I would put them way behind Poopsies, way behind Jay's Flying, um, way behind even the Lidwood, really. But uh, the tournament uh, has concluded. Now the tournament goes to the, uh, the championship championship edition against the Next Page Cafe in Whitman. So I'm curious, not Whitman, Weymouth. I'm curious to see how this turns out. Uh, I think Poopsies is going to win. I think you should check out uh, the um, the page, Social Bar Pizza, SS Bar Pizza, at um, Instagram. Check it out. Follow along. If you're into pizza at all, like that's where you should be. It's terrific. Uh, Jimmy does a good job. Like I said, he's a friend of the show, uh, so even more reason to get involved. Check it out. Hey, Dave. Question for you. Uh, do you think Bo Bice, runner-up to season four, American Idol winner Carrie Underwood, would have won that season if, A, he was a better singer, or, B, <laughs> Hold on. That was a real thing by Bo Bice, but uh, or B, he went by Bob Ice. So A or B? It's B. Bye. Yeah, I just want to uh, follow up on that uh, great call. Uh, it's definitely uh, B. Uh, Bobby. <laughs> B-O-B-I. <clears throat> hey, uh, Dave. Upon further review, hold on. Uh, me and Jeff just listened to this Bob Ice record, uh, and it sucks. Carrie Underwood definitely should have won that year. <laughs> Although the real thing that that was a good song. Jeff's wearing a flannel with no undershirt. Oh, that's good. Um, 
Those are my friends, Matt and Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, two guys also, well, at least Matt. I know Matt listens to most of this bullshit. Jeff, I uh, suspect. So half friend, half friend, Jeff. Meh. Not really. I'm kidding. Uh, anyways, 1000% correct. If Bo Bice had changed his name to Bob Ice, he would have won um, American Idol that year. Instead, it's uh, Carrie Underwood, and we have to listen to that god-awful fucking intro song to Sunday Night Football uh, every fucking Sunday night. I mute the TV when that comes on, or change the channel, because I hate it. Uh, it's a terrible song. It, I didn't like it when fucking Faith Hill did it, and I don't like it now. Anyways, think about that. You're Bo Bice, okay? That name alone is a fucking terrible name, Bo Bice. And if he went by Bob Ice instead, look, that's still your name. You know, you just, your name, your real name is Bo Bice, but your stage name is Bob Ice. Like, how fucking badass is that? <laughs> Bob Ice. And you know what the problem with, with this now is that we're looking at uh, all kinds of other people in their names, uh, and then, you know, breaking them up into better names. <laughs> but Bob Ice, oh man, that is fucking fantastic. Bob Ice is a country rebel. Bob Ice is like the, he's the, he's the keyboard guy from the Highwaymen. You know, that old uh, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, uh, Johnny Cash, um, band in the, in the 80s, 70s or 80s, whenever, I don't fucking know. But Bob Ice is a, is a musician in that band. He plays the keys. Bo Bice is a, uh, a lousy pop singer who had close to a one hit with the real thing, which is a good song. Matt, Matt wasn't lying there. It's not a bad song, but they're, you know, they're professionally written. I mean, by, you know, that's the problem with American Idol. There's a reason only a handful of folks have come out of that with sustained careers. Because once they lose the songwriters, they're fucked. Only a handful of them actually, you know, maybe find decent songwriters elsewhere or can, you know, have the talent to write. Although most of them that ended up on American Idol probably didn't have the talent to write in the first place. So that's how they ended up there. However, Bob Ice, fucking A. If Bob Ice was an actual artist, fire. Like, imagine Ryan Seacrest introducing Bob Ice. How much different all of that would have been. And and Seacrest, like, being all cool, like, every time he said Bob Ice, because he knows how fucking awesome that name is. There are so many directions you can go as Bob Ice. As Bob Ice, you are limited to country pop. And that's not good. All right, it is now time for the uh, penultimate, penultimate, not puh, penultimate part of the program. Uh, it is time for three gripes. Gripe number one, blimps. 
what purpose do they serve or served other than advertising so that people can say, hey, it's a blimp. Like, this is a serious question. What are they for? Goodyear backed themselves into a corner with theirs, and it's apparently it's about a hundred grand for all the helium it costs to get these fucking things off the ground every time they take off. Because of that, there's as of uh, the middle of this year or the middle of last year, I can't remember the date on the article, there was only about 25 blimps operating in the United States. Think about that. All the times that you've seen a blimp, like when was the last time you saw a blimp? That's a better question. When was the last time you saw a blimp that wasn't on television? Now, you see like small ones occasionally um, that are typically, you know, like filled with a smaller amount of helium and then controlled with a remote control. You see smaller ones. You don't see the standard Goodyear blimp size blimp. I did a little homework. And it seems there's a company that wants to build a hydrogen-powered Zeppelin or airship as a method of product transport at a fraction of the cost for land, sea, and airplane travel. Especially right now, given the supply chain issues across these United States. That's a hell of an idea. Problem, hydrogen as a, quote, lift gas, end quote, was banned. Banned by the United States after a demonstration in 1922. So close to 100 years ago, as with most things in the United States, it takes a very long time to fucking change. Uh, this demonstration in 1922 was by the United States Bureau of Mines, which I don't think exists anymore. It's probably folded into the Interior Department. I'm not sure. Uh, this experiment supposedly pumped hydrogen into a balloon, which then exploded. Hmm. Interesting. Seems as though this was bullshit, though, is because uh, the person that was conducting it eventually came out and said that it was rigged. Uh, and also, the Bureau was sitting on a massive helium reserve. So instead of, you know, it touting the benefits of hydrogen, uh, they, you know, they banned it. And then, of course, Hindenburg... Um, in like the late 30s, that was a hydrogen, hydrogen uh, powered blimp, Zeppelin, whatever it was. And so, of course, then, you know, it has a bad name. But it's funny because you think about like hemp and marijuana back in the 20s and 30s, how it was so stigmatized and became a Schedule One drug. It was mainly because of the cotton industry. Cotton industry was huge. And they didn't like the fact that hemp was a far better product than cotton. So they lumped hemp with marijuana because it looked similar. Boom. Now we're still now we're here in 2021 and hemp is not nearly as big as it should be. It is what it is. But going back to blimps, they're useless. They don't serve a purpose, which is probably why there's only 25 of them left in America. So the next time you see a blimp, you know, say, hey, it's a blimp. But then realize that they're ultimately quite fucking useless. Gripe number two. 
this came from um, my friend uh, Julian via the uh, Instagram page at Complaints Pod. The taunting rule in the NFL. Does anyone really give a shit if players taunt each other? Another serious question. Do you think fans actually care about that? The only ones that actually care are the ones that are, you know, they're going to get all fucking uppity and racist. They shouldn't be playing the game like that. It's just crusty white guys. And then the crusty white guys running the league. Shit like this is going to cause a problem in an important game sooner rather than later. Because fucking Land Clark didn't like the way a DB uses index finger after a play. And yes, that is a 100% real name, real person, Land Clark. He's a referee. Who the fuck does that? His given first name is Vincent, but apparently that wasn't enough. So he had to call himself Land. Land Clark. Like... That guy just fucking screams I'm throwing a flag because somebody looked at me the wrong way. Land Clark. I was looking up uh, NFL officials, and apparently there's another dude whose name is Tab Slaughter. I think he's an umpire. This dude's fucking huge. (laughs) He's big, he's bald, and his name is Tab Slaughter. The South is a weird place, man. Anyways, you know, the problem with rules in the NFL is that they pick one every year that they're going to focus on, and they piss people off all year long. It's almost as if the goal uh, in the NFL is to just aggravate their fans every year in a different way. This year, it happens to be taunting, so that if you point at a guy or if you look at the guy uh, uh, the wrong way, we're throwing a flag. It's 15 yards Uh, And that's that. That's the end of that. And it's ruined a drive or it's extended a drive that shouldn't have been extended. Uh, It's fucked with a score. And the worst part is if it fucks, if it really fucks with a game and like messes up a line or messes up an over. Oh, boy. That's going to be a big, big, big problem, especially because the NFL is now in bed with every fucking legal gambling entity in the country. They don't think these things through the NFL. They never do. And as I said earlier, they've been fucking things up for the last 75 years. It's not a difficult game. Uh, they make it way too difficult than it should be. They hire people like Land Clark. Vinnie Clark. Like Vinnie Clark sounds like that's a respectable official. Land Clark. Sounds like a fucking old-timey robber baron from fucking Pennsylvania. Gripe number three, death. I don't know if death has been a gripe before. I've been thinking a lot about death recently, and not in like a bad way. I've done a bit of reading, and it's like, you, you know, you get to a certain point in your life where you start to think about death. And I think I'm trying to think about death in a different way. So that's generally my gripe. I don't want to think about death as like, as this this bad ending to things, right? I'm going to change my relationship with death and think of it as 
Um, something that should always be in the back of my mind so that it drives me to actually live. See what I'm saying? And I'm, I will fuck this up multiple times because I'm a lazy douchebag. Um, and because I forget things all the time, but to think about death regularly is not a terrible thing because it, you know, in theory, it should drive you, it, it should, it should drive you to, to do better during the time that you're actually on this planet to not waste time doing nothing like watching TV or fucking playing Angry Birds on your phone for two hours, or making shitty podcasts. Changing a relationship with death is probably a good thing, because we're all going to die. Humans have one thing, in, two things in common. One, you're born. Two, you die. That's it. Everybody dies. And it's just a matter of how you handle things in between those two points. And if you're always sort of thinking in the back of your mind that you're going to die, reminding yourself that there is an end date to it. There's a finale to your life. And do you want to be like the show Lost where you know the finale's coming, the beginning is is really good, the first three seasons are excellent, and then it just sort of drags on in a, in a boring morass of garbage. And then the ending sucks. You don't want your life to be like lost, do you? No. So change your relationship with death. Know that... <laughs> I just thought of a terrible... Uh, you ever seen the movie Airheads? I think it was on my list of um, great shitty movies. And there's a there's a part when they've... Uh, so they've taken the radio station hostage and the DJ uh, asked Chaz, Hey, wh why, why the Reaper? And Chaz says, Well, it's just a reminder, you know, like... That death is always stalking me. And, you know, I laughed at that, but now the more I think about it, it's kind of apt. Not that I want to get a giant tattoo of, of the Grim Reaper on my back, but still, if you think about it, he's like, you know, it just reminds me to get get off my ass and get this band going. Like, wow, that is that is so profound. You know, it took me till I'm almost 44 years old to kind of think of it that way. Wish I hadn't. Wish I had. That, that's a regret. Wish I had thought of death differently in my younger days. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, a bit profound, probably, and probably a bit too much, really, for this dumb program. But it's something that I wrote down and something that I wanted to share. So the road, the hashtag road to 100 is complete. Uh, so thank you. If you're actually listening to this, this is an honest-to-goodness uh, moment of the show. I, I cannot thank you enough for actually spending your very valuable time listening to my stupid voice come out of that speaker or into your headphones or whatever. It really, it means so much to me, so much to me that you've done that. And look. You know, I've said a, a handful of times that I only have four listeners. I, there's more than that. And I thank all of you so, so very much. It really does mean a lot. It would also mean a lot if you told your friends so that we could have more people participating in the show like Andrew, Dave, Matt, and Jeff, and uh, Steve from Stoughton. Thank you, whoever the fuck you are. Um, but it, it really does mean a lot. Now, 
at this point, now that I've come to and, and completed uh, the 100th episode of the program, I've come to a bit of a fork in the road. This isn't the usual metaphorical fork, no ma'am. This looks like an actual fork, and there are at least four different roads to choose from. Each is an entirely unknown uh, entity. It's odd. I have no plans to stop doing this stupid show. I like podcasting, so what I think I might... I, I've kind of been mulling over the idea of, of making a new... Uh, more serious, more focused, more niche uh, podcast, one that, you know, might bring a little bit more value to to its, to its an audience. So uh, I'm mulling that over, and I think I have a pretty good idea, uh, and I think I'm going to try that out in the coming months and see how it goes. Um, so that's really the fork. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm not going to uh, give this any less time. Uh, I will continue to put in a minimal amount of work as I do currently. Um, but, you know, as I said, when I ask, you know, the, the tell your friends thing is a is a gag and it's a, you know, it's a hashtag that hasn't caught on and never will. But still, um, you know, it's something that I say at the end of every episode because I, I do think that this has some value. Uh, for a handful of laughs and uh, and, a, and a method to sort of get some crap off your chest, you know? And so, look, tell your friends. It would be appreciated. And say same same thing. Tell your moms. Because maybe your moms want to call in and complain about you if your mom is still around. And I hope she is. And if she's not, I'm terribly sorry. But, yeah. So, um, hopefully lots more to come on the horizon for the next um, 100 episodes. Uh, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't record the next couple weeks, and I might have to take a uh, a night off um, sometime. I don't think so, actually. I think the dates actually work out okay, but we'll see. At any rate, I'm going to keep this up uh, every Thursday, 9 a.m., something new for you. And, um, you know, if you want to call in, again, 617 617- 657-4736-617-657-4736. You can uh, go to the Instagram page at Complaints Pod, the Twitter page. Come on down. I love Twitter. Twitter is fun. I I don't think the page is that bad. It's very sportsy. But who knows? Maybe you'll like it. A friend of the show, Sarah, she joined the the nonsense over on Twitter the other day. So thank you, Sarah. It's appreciated. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page, but don't do anything with it. And I've just created a Twitch channel that I will do nothing with, probably. I also have a blog on the website, complaintsandarmservations.com. All that stuff you can find in the bio of uh, the various social media entities. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's it. Listen, again, thank you so very much for listening. I appreciate you uh, more than you'll ever know. So thank you. Um, And as always, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.